Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, this is Derek, along with Carl Mandrioli on Backpacking and Blisters. Good to have you guys again. Uh, we continue the journey of creating that perfect backpacking trip through all these crazy episodes we've been doing. Today, uh, we have a little bit of a change up and uh, we're going to have some fun with it. Carl, why don't you tell us about today's episode? Yeah, it's definitely a change up. I think that's a good way of putting it is we have like a legit interview in store for us. It's not just one of the guys that's kind of on our trip. This is actually somebody that I reached out to after, I guess, finding him on um, just kind of one of the backpacking sites and I checked out some stuff that relates to our episode today and I was super impressed. Yeah. And so we're going to get to that in a little bit, but this episode kind of revolves around backpacking movies, backpacking documentaries, and we're going to even dive into like the, the idea of making your own and immortalizing your trip and Mm -hmm. whether that's worth doing and kind of some tips and tricks as far as what that takes. So I guess where this kind of started was a few years ago, I had, I got a buddy that never went backpacking. I, th- I don't think he still went backpacking, but when he saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy mm. and he saw those hobbits yeah. going, you know, on a backpacking trip right. to Mount Doom yeah. and getting chased in the process. Keep going. He, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like, dude, Carl, you, you do this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't really get chased by Nazgul, but we do the other parts. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, I want to go, but I kind of want to like dress up as like, you know, Almost something out of like the Middle Ages. Yeah. I thought, you know, like I don't really want to do that, but uh, little did I know that Rocky would eventually, you know, bring a sword. That was pretty sweet. But I thought, you know, it's interesting how movies can kind of inspire us to want to do these things because he, you know, he was not a backpacker, but he it made him want to go backpacking, which I thought was cool. So, like, what movies did you find to be the most inspiring movies that kind of relate to backpacking, whether they're documentaries or just straight up like fictional tales? Let's go aside from Lord of the Rings. Aside from Lord of the Rings, I was going to say, other than Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, I'm going to jump into my, f- probably one of my all time favorite movies was alive. Yes. And I don't know if you guys know the story, you can Google it. Uh, basically a bunch of guys are stuck in the mountains eating each other to survive. But the back, <laughs> that's not, it's very, <laughs> that's bad a very bad. It, basically the quick synopsis is it's a, uh, a soccer team that has a plane crash in the mountains 
in the, in the Andes. Andes Mountains, and they're stuck there. And after a, a certain amount of time, they run out of food and drink, and they have to do what's necessary to survive. Um, the backpacking portion comes when, uh, at least in the movie, where they they load up some backpacks with, I'll just say, their friends, flesh. Uh, oh my gosh! And they have to go backpack. <laughs> they got to go find help. So it's it's just a. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give the movie away, but you know they had to stay. <laughs> their backpacks with their. They friends. had to stay alive, but uh, it's not a horror movie. Don't worry, but it's uh, it's pretty sweet. It's you know, it's a moving. It's moving, yeah. Tale of of friendship and definitely felt like there's a backpacking element to it for Indeed. sure. So that was on my list Indeed. as well. You know, it's funny because when I was kind of looking up a lot of these ideas, I didn't realize how many backpacking documentaries are out there. But there's a bunch, and there's a quite a few I haven't seen some that I'm not as interested in as others but one of my favorites is a documentary and this one I think most backpackers I would hope have seen at this point because it's been out there for a few years right. it's called mile mile and a half sure, about sure. Um, a handful of artists that did the John Muir trail and they were kind of recorded it their own way and they had fun and it wasn't about the drama between the people and the issues that they have with each other. It was just about kind of celebrating. I think it was more like a celebration of the trail. Yeah. This one's kind of weird because I, I love the movie because I've done the trail and I, for me, it was like, Oh yeah. Like I know that part and I was able to make connections, but I also have like this sort of love hate relationship with the movie because it was so good that it really popularized the trail. And now the like Yosemite has like a 97% rejection rate. If you actually want to do this trail at this point, mm. still, if you, if you need like a backpacking fix in the winter time, especially if you're not much of a winter backpacker, that is okay. the one. Okay. What else you got? Um, into the wild where he kind of goes off. I think he was in Alaska and, um, you know, just wanted to rough it and live off the land. So to speak. And yeah, uh, without giving the movie away, that was, you like that, one. that was an interesting movie. I think, uh, I think there's a little piece of every backpacker I'd like to think. Maybe it's my own thing, but I like to think there's a little piece of every backpacker that likes to get away from, you know, modern day technology and cell phones and computers and just enjoy what's around you. You know, God's creation just... Exactly, right? That's why we get out there. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That that being said, I actually have a list that I was like, I acknowledge this as a movie that involves backpacking, but I think mm. it's not very good. And that actually made my, my, my poor showing list. I thought it was kind of boring, really? to be honest. I read the book and I thought the book was pretty cool, but you know how like they did the investigation and I like that author, but I thought the movie was kind of, like I said, a poor show, but you know what? I don't want to take it away from you because <laughs> if you like the movie, Which, go for it. <laughs> it was okay. I was like partial about it. I, you know, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Well, I just said what your favorite one and you just said that that was one of your favorite ones and now you're saying you're impartial about it. I don't know if it was my favorite. <laughs> I think, I think I leaned more towards like a live, but these might be movies that people want to see. Okay. So. I got an okay. old classic that I don't know if a lot of people have seen this one. It's an old Robert Redford movie called mm. Jeremiah Johnson, where he's he's like this greenhorn mountain man that goes up to try to just live live in the mountains, live off the land. And so it, early in the movie, he's like literally like running through a stream, trying to catch fish with his hands. Um, he has kind of run-ins with the natives, which is kind of cliche, but just the idea of his progress and his growth through, I think was really like, you know, kind of almost like living a perpetual backpacking trip is like a yeah. mountain man. So yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, for me, I had a couple honorable mentions. Like The Edge was just like the scenery is cool. Anthony Hopkins, like, right? And so I like that, although it was kind of a darker movie, to be honest. And then one of my favorite movies like growing up was Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he's it's like kind of rock climber guy, has to survive. They do some kind of snow camping with yeah. no gear. And that they, introduction scene was just crazy yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure. 
And you know yeah. what better way to start like a campfire than like hundred dollar bills? Yeah, I mean, like, why not? You know, like what, whatever. So, there, here's yeah. here's a doc, this is I think this is a documentary slash movie about. It's called The Grizzly Man, yeah. and it's uh, about uh, this guy Timothy Treadwell, and he thought yep. that grizzly bears could be his friends, and unfortunately, in the, you know, the grizzly bear ends up killing him. Um, right. But it was really interesting to see like why he thought. Did you watch that? I've seen it. Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Um, I it was interesting to see like why he thought what he thought, and I think he was just in his own. I don't want to say in his own world, but like you have to be, I don't know. If I really think a grizzly bear is like going to be my friend, like, I don't know. That's, you gotta be. Not, yeah. Like not your pet. Like it just like he wanted to live among the grizzlies. And I think yeah. he even thought like their way of life was like the right way or something. Right. And mankind was not, I don't know. It, right. it got, kind of, I don't know. I, I read the story. I didn't watch the movie. It got kind of weird for me. Yeah. But, I, and I think, uh, my honorable mention would probably, okay. one of them would have to be like Lord of the Flies. Okay. Um, something like that, uh, where, you know, if you're a kid and you're out there on your own, like, how are you going to survive? Like, I was always so yeah. scared of stuff like that growing up. There's some good ones. There's a bunch of out there. Like, K2 is it more of a climbing K2. movie, but it seems kind of backpackerish as they're hiking into the, yeah. you know, the, the, the approach part of the climb. Touching the, um, touching the Void. Wi- touching the Void was good. Touching the Void I saw, and it's actually, like, a critically acclaimed movie, but I wasn't as into that one, it? to be honest. Sorry for you. I did watch The Way with Martin Sheen about the Camino de Santiago trail in Spain. Okay. And okay. that was, you know, it's kind of glorified backpack. It's more like glamping because you're staying in hostels along the way. I think a lot of the part of it, I don't know how much they're actually camping they're doing, at least not in the movie. Right. And then... The miniseries with Kenneth Branagh, who he reenacts yeah. Ernest Shackleton's journey in Antarctica. The, the latter part of it, they actually do have to hike over a mountain to get back to civilization. So is that, right? that part, could, yeah, I actually thought about that myself. Yeah. But um, I think it'll be. I think this will be an interesting topic to, to kind of revisit at some point if we can kind of hit up some of the more mm. um, common documentaries that maybe we, we haven't seen. And so, so we'll come out with a list of that at some yeah. point. But these are just the ones that kind of off the top of our head to, to kind of set the stage for what this episode's about. The, the last thing I wanted to mention was there's a lot of things on Vimeo, like little, little short movies that people have created about backpacking and, and, and hiking. Right. And um, mm-hmm. so I was just going to do a rapid list, throw them out there. If you guys ever are on Vimeo, there's some good ones. Um, Walking the West, it's a 26-mile, a 100-mile hike from Mexico to Canada on the Pacific Crest Trail. Hiking the Wonderland Trail. Beauty Beneath the Dirt, and then one other one was um, Walk North. There's a bunch of other ones, but okay. those are just some of the ones that Maybe I've peeked at. Maybe you can include at, some so. of these links on our Facebook page, because I don't think I've seen some of them. And I'll admit, like, I am not opposed to, like, clicking around on YouTube or Vimeo to find some really cool backpack movies to kind of inspire me, especially in the dark days of, of winter. Let me save you, then. Let, let me save you. Yeah. Just, go to the, just go to the website, gang, hikingthetrail.com. And okay. it'll have everything there you need. Gotcha. So, question for you, Derek. Yeah. Experience that I think most of us have had out there. Have you ever been stuck somewhere, whether it's on the couch with somebody, and they are like sitting there showing you their like vacation photographs, and you just can't escape? Mm, that's agony. It's yeah. agony, yes. Uh, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, because I think... If it's somebody you don't really know and they're doing that, it's torture. Right. If it's grandma, you have to sit and listen. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and I, and I, and I want to be polite, but if, if they have like a stack or as kind of with the case of my family, like they will connect the camera to the TV 
and show uh, and just talk about it. and they're not always vacation photos sometimes they're just like photos of just like random people that yeah. they just want to tell stories about which is fine like i get that but yeah and there's always like that except, random photo of them oops i took a picture of my shoe on the dirt you know random right and they don't mind they don't, yeah, let's keep them in there they don't they don't care yeah let's kind of throw that in there no for sure so I think it's kind of a bummer because people take sometimes like these awesome vacations or in our cases, we go on these kind of epic trips, but are people really interested in just kind of filing through pictures or mm. maybe they'll see a couple on Facebook or something mm. like that. And yeah, maybe like a little bit, especially kind of if they're going at their own pace or if you can kind of grab the stack or away from them and kind of just file through them at your own pace and ask <laughs> questions you see fit, yeah. <laughs> which I've, I've been known to do, <laughs> but yeah. um I got some techniques for that, by the way. I got some, you know, <laughs> on the Facebook. But so I think that I think that the thought here is, I think what's different about the backpacking trips is that they are they're not just like a vacation. Like it's typically, it's a bit of an adventure. And so, how do we like tell right. the story of that event, adventure? So I, I want to share with you guys this this interview I have with a gentleman named Chris Smead who has figured out. His passion is not just the backpacking trip, but it's also sharing the adventure with others, and he does a really good job. I would, I would call him not just like a filmmaker or not just like a film, even like a film editor. I would mm. call him like a straight-up artist with some of the stuff that he does, and he he immortalizes his stories right. in places that I think a lot of us have been or want to go to. And and he tells the tale, and it's and I think it's a, like his stories are pretty compelling. And I'll and I've got links there on the Facebook page for you to check him out. And I caught up with him. This is the interview I was talking about not too long ago, and just mm-hmm. kind of asked him some some things about it, um, some things that he's got, some projects he's got coming up. He's got quite a following on YouTube. There's a lot of people that just like right. may or may not even know him, and they just yeah. like they have subscribed and they watch his videos because, like I said, they're they're inspiring. And so I think he's got this idea of how do you share the backpacking adventure down. And so if he's like the gold standard, I think what we're going to get at kind of after we, we listen to this interview is like, how can we kind of start and even, you know, be like at a beginner level so that we can get people to kind of engage in our, in our stories and our adventures. So, so here we go. Okay. So I've got Chris Mead with us from Chris is awesome productions, and he has produced a number of, well, awesome videos. Chris, how's it going today? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to talk to you. Uh, I've seen your movies and um, yeah. So for people that may have or may have not seen your movies, can you tell us like a little bit about yourself and your passion for making backpacking movies? Uh, yeah. Well, I like you said, I, I just like making little short films about backpacking. Um, I've been a hardcore backpacker for about, uh, well, since 2004 or so, quite a while. Okay. I've logged about 60 trips. Yeah, and, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of trips, mostly in the Sierra. And I uh, honestly, I'm pretty new to this whole video making thing. I just started bringing a GoPro along like maybe five years ago. Never really put a lot of time or effort into it. Just kind of took some shots like everybody else. And then, uh, yeah, that that kind of all changed to when I, I hiked the John Muir Trail in, two, in 2016. And that experience was so... It was so awesome to me. It was such a, a special experience that I really wanted to commemorate it somehow. And uh, so I, I got back and I didn't really think about um, making a, f- a film, quote unquote, until I got back. And I had all this uh, footage, quote unquote, which is really just a bunch of video clips and, and some pictures. And um, yeah, I just kind of ended up uh, sitting down. And then 350 hours later, uh, three months later, 
I pumped out my first little filmy thing um, that I called the John Muir Trail, according to Chris, and that ended up attracting the attention of Backpacking Light, who ended up creating an article on it. And uh, yeah, from there, it kind of got interesting. I, I okay, got wait, interested. Real quick, you said 350 hours. Yeah, wow, I think amazing. that's what really separates me from the average person. It's it's not talent. It's okay. just time. <laughs> time and work, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of weird like that. I'll, it's... I shoot video out there just like everybody else does and I'll, I'll come back and I just sit down and the editing process is a very long and tedious process. And, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I try to be kind of detail oriented with it. I try to keep it as engaging as possible. So and then because I'm fairly new to the cameras, it is very common for me to screw up shots. So there'll be some critical piece in, in the story that I messed up. So I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Right. So, um, that's when I started animating. And I'm like, okay, what do I do here? I'm going to Google how to animate something. And from there, I just started creating these little animations that kind of have become uh, my thing, I guess. And they kind of help me fill in the gaps of where I've screwed up the footage. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of like the glue for the story, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's so, a better way to put it. So did you do that John Muir Trail movie? Was that with a GoPro still too? Or had you kind of upgraded at that point? The John Muir Trail I did with a GoPro. And a Sony RX100 that I barely knew how to use. Okay. So, and then, and then that kind of was the start of this, I guess, movie making or, or filming adventure that has taken you, I don't know, some, some pretty good places. Like you said, you got the attention of Backpacking Light and you have been in a couple of film festivals and you've got, you got an award to the, to one of your movies, right? Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Like even just a, a little over a year ago, if you said, oh, are you a filmmaker? I would have like, it's laughable, right? It's, it's not even like in the realm of possibility, but it, it kind of just turned that way. You know, after, after that John Muir trail video, I just kind of discovered that I like making films and I like backpacking. Yeah. So why not combine them pretty quickly after the backpacking lights, um, you know, article went out about the John Muir trail. I got a message from Ryan Jordan, founder of backpacking light, which is like the guy's like a, you know, he's kind of famous to me in a way, I guess. And he was like, hey, do you want to come down to Colorado and do a, a backpacking trip together and we can film it and make a video? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? So, sure, why not? So uh, we did that. And then um, I, at the same time, had started discussions with discussions. I started pinging the Mirror Project guys, the founders, or sorry, the makers of My Mile and a Half, the, the amazing movie about the John Muir Trail. Right. And uh, they were like celebrities to me. I didn't really expect them to respond, but I'm like, I'll ping them for advice anyways. And uh, sure enough, they responded. And not only did they respond, but Jason Fitzpatrick has been kind enough to put up with all my rookie questions. A couple of times a week, I'm pinging the guy with some stupid question on, on camera gear. And uh, through their guidance and um, you know just Googling, I upgraded my camera gear. I invested in that somewhat heavily and um, kind of just started learning how to use a camera. And that's that was harder than I thought. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's super yeah. technical. Yeah. Alcove, um, the project that I did with uh, with Ryan Jordan, was the first attempt to use good camera gear. And it, it turned out pretty well. I learned a lot of lessons there. And and just for everybody that's listening, if you've seen that movie, it's like probably one of the most famous backpacking documentaries. These guys went to uh, 2011, John Muir Trail. That was the year when the Sierras got just a ton of snow. It was pretty awesome. Um, he's referencing Jason. He's the guy... Um, he's, he's kind of the bigger guy with the beard. That's just seems like a, I don't know, to me, seems like a super nice guy. 
he is an awesome guy. He's very cool. And despite the fact that they're all like pros in the industry and they've been, they've had so much success, they're very down to earth, especially Jason. Well, because I talked to him the most. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the issue is that you don't, when you're, when you're talking about like being a filmmaker, like you probably don't consider yourself a filmmaker because I think you've got a full-time job doing something else. So this is kind of a side gig and you're working with guys where like that's legitimately their job, right? Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. I, you know, I'm married. I have two kids. I, I'm a typical Silicon Valley resident. I, I have a computer job during the day. Yeah. Nothing too special about me there. This is just a big hobby of mine. I kind of get crazy with my hobbies. And right. these guys are, so I, you know, because of that, I mean, I'm just, I'm new to this. I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, people like, like them have been great because they have all this experience that I can, I can pick up on. And, uh, between them and Google, I've, I'm learning a lot. Okay. So I mentioned, uh, you have, so you had, there's like the backpack and light film festival and you're in another film festival in California. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, in November, I released a project, uh, a, a film called Ray Lakes, and that was a film that my myself and my wife did. And uh, you know, oddly enough, in Ray Lakes, uh, it was a pretty cool backpacking trip on a very very high snow year. Right. And uh, I scared the crap out of her in the process. Cut <laughs> <laughs> it all in film and edited it together into this this film. And um, I I didn't know if people I wasn't sure if people were gonna were gonna like it. It was a pretty uh, you know, it's kind of a personal film. It's kind of a cheesy film in, in a lot of ways. It's got you know, a, lot of, a lot of animations and, and me screwing around. And um, Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. But I think yeah, people yeah. like that stuff. They want to see, you know, they don't want to see like everybody polish all the time. They want to get to the, you know, the core of who people are and what it's like to be out there, right? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I submitted it to the, the Backpacking Light Film Festival and it got accepted and it ended up winning the Member's Choice Award, which shocked me because there was a lot of films in, in that festival that were way better in my opinion. But somehow people were crazy enough and nice enough to to vote for mine. So thank you to those people. Yeah. And we just found out uh, last week that um, Ray Lakes was selected for the Nature Track Film Festival in Los Olivos, California. And that's going to be happening March 23rd through the 25th. That's, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's really cool. So, so yeah. the, it's called, the, what was it called? The Nature? The Nature Track Film Festival yeah. in Los Olivos. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to that. All right. So what's really cool about your uh, films also is that, I mean, you're submitting these to the festivals, but you're also, you've made these all available to anybody really. Like they can just go online. And so we've got the links to these in both on our Facebook page and then in the description for this podcast. So if you're interested in checking these out, like, like legitimately you can tell like he's, you know, higher echelon filmmaker and you can definitely tell he's put a lot of time into them. And then, yeah, it's a fun watch. If like, especially during the winter time, this is when I tend to watch the most backpacking movies is, is, you know, like not that I don't go hiking or hit the trails at all, but this is the time where I kind of miss the summer and I miss, you know, wearing my shorts and t-shirt and hiking around in the mountains. And so I guess my, my fix for that is just watching movies like that. Me too. Totally. In fact, I do the same thing and I've seen so many backpacking videos. It's not even funny. If you've made one, it's very possible. If anybody out there (laughs) has made one, it's very possible. I've seen it and liked it or, or something. Right. (laughs) And yeah. And, and just, and I think just kind of a, to finish up your thought on the Ray Lakes one, I think that the connection with that one too, is it's, it's a pretty popular loop, uh, the Ray Lakes loop, um, in the Sierras and it's getting to, to be harder to get that permit. But I, and I haven't done the loop, but I've been by Ray Lakes because it, that John Muir trail passes that. And so when I was in my early twenties, um, my memory of that is just, you know, we, we arrived kind of like later in the day and they had, at least at the time they had, um, th- those permanent bear boxes and it was so crowded there. We couldn't like, we could barely fit our food in the bear boxes and there was like a bunch of them and, um, and they were just full because there's so many people there. So is that, is that kind of how you describe it too? Yes. I, I've been there, I think, four times now. And um, I was fortunate enough the last time, <laughs> my wife would argue with the the term fortunate. Um, right. It was such a high snow year. And the loop was actually kind of undoable because w- uh, there was a critical footbridge that was destroyed because of the high snow. So oh. you couldn't do the the standard loop that people do. So we ended up coming over Kearsarge Pass. And okay. that was also covered with snow. So between... Kearsarge Pass and Glen Pass being covered with, with snow, um, there was way less people there than you would think. In fact, there was only one other group, one other group of I think four people camping there. So it was just them and then oh, us gosh. the whole the whole time. We see okay. saw a few people coming through, but it was just us too. Okay, what's well, yeah? I guess there's some advantages disadvantages. You got to deal with the, the tougher trail, but that means there's fewer people, so that's nice. Um, my other memory of that, by the way, my other memory of that part was that we were kind of like as I was doing the John Muir trail, like my hunger out of nowhere, just shot through the roof after we hit our last food supply. I think it was right around there. I'd have to double check. But anyway, so we went to the ranger station there. They have those, those backcountry ranger stations. And then sometimes they have people that kind of drop off extra food just to save some weight. And so I'm, so they had pancake mix, but we didn't have any oil or butter or anything. So we ended up, I just ended up being so hungry. I just ate this like goopy pancake mix. (laughs) (laughs) So disgusting. But, um, (laughs) So that's, those are my two memories is like crowded and goopy pancake mix, but it was beautiful for sure. So you're like, you know, like you've, you've obviously given everybody the idea that like, you, you know, you've put a lot of money into this, you put a lot of time into this. Um, so I think what we want to do with this episode is like for, for the novices like myself and other people out there, if we want to change like this random video footage, whether it's from a GoPro or from a camera phone, like give us three tips for like documenting our trips, whether it's in photographs, slideshows, or if we end up trying to make a movie, like three tips for the, the, the beginner, for the newbie, for trying to like immortalize their trip out there. What would you say? Well, that's easy because I'm still, I'm still considering myself a newbie in a lot of ways, but uh, okay. I would say 
Tip number one that I constantly beat up myself over is slow. When you're out in the field, when you're when you're out in the hike, uh, slow the camera down. Don't whip it around. Go really oh, slow. In fact, right. whatever okay. whatever speed you think it should be moving, like cut that in half. Like move the camera very very slow and steady, and okay. you thank yourself when you're editing later on. <laughs> right, 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 right. And honestly, like that that that's a really good one. And I this past summer we we brought some extra gear. We brought. Um, some tripod stuff and that kind of almost forces you to slow things down a little bit. But if you're concerned with weight, like that might not be where you want to go early on, but um, yeah, tripods are great, but yeah, the weight. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and they're kind of clunky and kind of a hassle, but uh, they definitely up the game for sure. And they force you to go slow, but go slow. That's a good one. All right. Tip number right. two, I would say is vary your shots, have a variety of shots. Okay. Don't just get the wide shot. I mean, I, I personally like to go out there and yes, I like seeing the wide views, the mountains, all the scenery. That's great. But I think to, to really get the, the whole immersive uh, feeling, it's, it's more than that. It's not just the mountains that are really far away and, and big. It's also the stuff that's close up. It's like uh, the bark on the trees, the, mm. the zipper on your tent. I mean, the, the spore that you're using, whatever, all those little <laughs> de- yeah. it's like all those details and, and the wide stuff, I, I think, is what really helps contribute to more immersive um, feel when you're, when you're watching a video. Yeah. So I would say capture a variety of shots. Capture like wide shots, close-up shots, shots facing up, shots facing down, shoot somebody walking through the trees, shoot whatever. You know, GoPros yeah. are kind of cool like that because you, you can be creative and put a GoPro inside of a backpack and show it closing up or something. Yeah, that's true. You can kind of, they can kind of go anywhere and... Yeah, especially if they're waterproof, you can take them like literally anywhere. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. number three, the last one, um, I would say don't, it sounds weird, sounds counterintuitive, but I would say don't use all your footage. Okay, and, right. Yeah. So, when you come home, if you've got like a five minute clip of you walking from point A to point B, mm-hmm. don't drop that whole thing into your timeline. I mean, at least, at least, you know, you can, but like, I wouldn't do that. I would just get, you know, three seconds of you leaving a couple points of interest along the way for a couple of seconds and then a couple of seconds of you arriving. And, and what you've done is taken a five minute piece that was interesting to you because you were there. Um, but to everybody else might be like, okay, he's still walking. He's still walking. You've taken that five minute chunk and you've made it into a more engaging 12 seconds. People get it. You know, if they see you leaving and then they see you arriving somewhere else, they get that you went on a long walk and you could talk about it along the way. And when you show the points of interest, you're only showing them the interesting parts. And by not using all your footage, it's also good because you could pick the best parts. Like right. if, you, if you saw all the stuff they came back with, you would like scoff at it a lot of it's just horrible unusable stuff but out of a a three minute clip that i took you'll find like four seconds that actually look pretty good it's like oh man maybe this guy knows what he's doing what you don't know is that was only four seconds of a of a three minute video that i took for sure yeah so if if you only use the best parts then that can help but that said as as jason fitzpatrick would would tell me um you got to focus on the story. So if there's a piece of bad footage, but it's vital to the story, use it. Okay. That's good advice too. Yeah. So this is good. So the three tips there, and I think, you know, with all the different apps and things out there for, for kind of trimming things down or editing, I think there's a lot of options for that. If you want to take to the next level and go to something like iMovie or even kind of beyond that, there's definitely 
like you said, you know, there's, you can Google or go onto YouTube and find tutorials for that sort of stuff. And um, it's, it's easier than you think. But just to start with, I think those are three good tips right there. And, and Derek and I are going to talk about some more things and things that kind of we've noticed from watching videos and trying to create our own versions of semi-watchable backpacking <laughs> videos. So <laughs> no, Your stuff's um, good. I've seen it. You make, you do good work. Yeah, that's nice. We, yeah, we're definitely limited with, I mean, with our gear and what we're doing, but we, we upped it for the last summer and I think um, hopefully it'll show because I think, you know, we want it to get better every year, right? That's the goal is you want to be kind of improving with what you're doing for, with your hobbies. So, all right. So Chris, before you go, um, you kind of talked about some of the projects that you've already done and, and the ones that they can, that they can watch, but you're coming out with the next episode, the next episode of you backpacking on another Epic Trail. So what's that all about? I am. Yes, myself and my friend John hiked the High Sierra Trail in September, and we filmed that. And uh, that project will be very interesting. Um, it's it's definitely a more ambitious project compared to my previous works because it's not only following the modern day experience of hiking the trail, but it bounces between modern day and the early 1920s when the trail was built. I was fortunate enough to be able to interview a 30 year veteran of the Park Service who kind of walks through all the history, and he was so he was so good on camera. He was so he had such a good voice that he ended up narrating the whole project. Are you and, serious? Uh, like you, you used him as like the voiceover person? Yeah, yeah. No I, didn't, I didn't intend it that way, but it just worked out. The guy was just so articulate and so eloquent that it, it was great. The guy's an author. So when he talks, it's like you're reading a book. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So between him and um, they, the Park Service actually gave me a bunch of old photos of the trail being built. And okay. there's, there's a lot of really interesting stories. And I ended up taking all these old photos and digitally chopping them up and separating them in 3D space and creating these little crazy uh, 3D clips that, that are uh, a big theme in this this next project. So Okay. This sounds like, like you're definitely taking your game to the next level then because you're kind of weaving in some history and some different folks. It's not just obviously you out there on the John Muir Trail, kind of how things started, but you've got like you know some some different elements going on there so i do yeah and it's gonna be professionally finished as well durand the guy who did my mile and a half uh the the audio finishing from my mile and a half will be doing the audio finishing for this project and then the coloring will be done by bruce goodman who also did my mile and a half so it's my first experience dealing with pros for for the finishing work so i'm pretty excited about that and uh, that will be released may 5th at the starbright theater in campbell california so I look forward to that, and then you know it'll enter it'll enter the the festival circuit, and we'll see how that does. And then after that, it'll it'll eventually be made available online. But you just had the uh, trailer for that released, right? More yes, that's correct. the The trailer was released on uh, January fifteenth, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's... Okay, and just real quick for like, because we have people listening like literally all over the place, like everywhere from. Uh, we have some people downloading in Africa to the United Kingdom to Canada. It's pretty awesome. Um, and so they may like the high seer trails, like I would say like not as famous as some of the other things that we've talked about. So where, so can you give us like a quick rundown? Like where, what's, what's the high seer trail about? Like, where does it go from? The, the high seer trail should be more famous than it is. It's the little brother to the John Muir trail. The John Muir trail takes about, it's, it's 200, 210 or 211 miles for the John Muir trail. It takes about three weeks for the average person. Um, that's a lot of time off. And if you aren't ready to, to make that kind of a leap, um, the high stair trail is the is the most logical option. 
It's uh, it's 72 miles. It only takes a week to do, and it is incredibly scenic. It's a wonderful trip. It starts on the Western Sierra and ends on top of Mount Whitney, just like the John Muir Trail. So you get the same finale as the John Muir Trail, but with only a week worth of commitment. And it is just as epic, I promise you. It's awesome. Okay. How hard are the permits to get for hiking it? They can be fairly hard to get, but not nearly as bad as the John Muir Trail. Right. Definitely. I would say it's... I'm making up numbers here, but I would say it's about three times easier to get than the John Muir Trail. <laughs> okay. All right. Un- unofficially. Unofficially. <laughs> All right. Well, we will definitely look forward to that. That's, yeah, that's super cool. And um, yeah, man, that, that'll be awesome. And I will keep my eye out for that. I, since living in Colorado, I won't be able to make it out to California. So I'll, I'll have to patiently wait till it becomes available online. But maybe we can do like a little follow-up when that pops out or, or when you made it available and we can... Um, just kind of, you can kind of tell us how it's going and Absolutely. sort of what feedback you've gotten. So we'll have to check in later for sure. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah, but for now, thanks so much for coming on and for giving us your expertise. And hopefully, we'll have other people that need their, you know, their backpacking summer fixes appeased with watching your videos when they get the chance. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Backpacking right. and blisters is an awesome podcast. So keep, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. All right, thanks, Chris. All right, take care, man. All right. So that was awesome. Like I was like, he did such a good job and he was super fun to talk to. I yeah. actually like when I interviewed him, like I hadn't met him before. We just started talking and like, dude, he was a super cool guy, like super excited to hopefully get to know him better. But, um, what yeah. was your takeaway, Derek? From- he, you know, he had a lot of good points. Um, I thought were really relevant if you are excited about filming a movie of some sorts, you know, and, uh, you know, you said that you didn't have a lot of friends that were, you, you mentioned the whole, like he had some friends that wanted to be actors in Hollywood and all this stuff. Your podcast partner worked in Hollywood. So you're lucky mm. in that regard. Um, I got to be Did around you a share lot- about that. Is that what you brought that up? I did. I wanted to let myself on the back. No, I'm just kidding. There, there. Well, he, he brought up the whole, um, just having been around a lot of movie sets and, and filmmakers and stuff, there's, you see like just different things that a, a camera person would do to get different kinds of shots. And I like that, you know, when, when Chris is awesome was talking about, you know, getting different camera angles to different shots, I, it really resonated. I think, you know, there's, and I should have been mentioning this to you more. There's, there's all these different kinds of angles that he mentioned, and there's more that we could do that really kind of just give you a different perspective on the trip. And I, I think that was a really good point. And, and the point that you made about not just showing the pictures, but showing the adventure. And when you can create a moving a moving picture so to speak of of what you're doing while you're out there is so much more to me it's more vivid and and you can almost taste it in the mind as far as like just seeing a still shot you know still shots are great and they're cool but when you see like something moving it's you know that's why we all go to the movies because it's you know you can imagine you're there i liked a lot of what you got to stream together you got to stream together to make the movie obviously and there's yeah, there's like simple apps out there where you can do that. You have to, you kind of have to trim the fat, kind of like we were talking about. It's in a lot of work. Interview and yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to make the point, um, Eric from from our trip, he hasn't been on yet, but he he was like, hey, can you just send me some like raw footage from our last trip? I just want to show, like, he's a teacher too, so I just want to share some of my students. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but it's just not that interesting because it's not <laughs> in the context of the story. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. Just just send me a couple of clips. So I sent him, sent him a couple of clips. And he's like, and then he showed him to his students and his students are like, what are we watching here? So anyway, so he got back to, he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like it's better when you put it more in context. And so I think that's what people want right, is they want right. the context. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's like definitely moving towards professional level. He's, yeah. he's got, 
he's got his own like kind of mini film festivals he's doing later on this year when he's going to release his next movie, which we've got the link for that as well, like I mentioned. Right. But so so if you and I are more on like the amateur level and we're trying to, I don't know if we'll ever get to his level because I don't know if we're going to be able to afford as much stuff as he's got. Yeah. But we can do, you can do a lot even just with like a cell phone camera, especially if you got like one of those Samsung ones. Those things are super nice and they pick up a lot of of the like beautiful colors in, in the scenes. But if you let's just kind of go break it down and like, what are some like for for just beginners that want to like immortalize their trips and want family and friends to sort of care about their adventure and really embrace the adventure with them from the couch, I suppose. Mm. What like let's let's do three tips a piece. So what do you got? What's one tip? Uh, you know, one thing I think I would do to immortalize my trip is definitely include as much humor as you can, and 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 I don't want to say stage the humor, but you know that means getting maybe some more candid shots. Um, even if you don't think it's funny, it can be funny on film. So uh, obviously that might be more editing and more work, but uh, humor and looking for funny things that happen, random things, um, things going wrong is always fun. I think that definitely immortalizes a trip because a lot of times on a lot of trips I've taken, you remember like the stuff that went wrong and it's funny later. So, yeah. So I think that kind of ties with one of mine where I put down, let your personality shine. So if there's kind of some fun interactions going on, don't be afraid to turn the camera on, especially if you got more than a couple of guys or, or ladies on the trip and yeah, just kind of capture things. Not everybody, Derek, is as funny oh, as you Flattery. are. So I think it's. I think it's okay. So your personality could be funny, but it might just be, you know, you're excited, like super excited about something. You know, you know, how you, there's always like that guy that's like, I just gets really fired up. Like, look at that mountain. Like, yeah. Are you talking about Rocky? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's no, fun to true. see people it's excited about true. it. I think when people get excited and, and do something that makes, you know, when people build boats and throw them in lakes or knock trees over, those are fun things. Right. Uh, I think another one for me would be okay. uh, to definitely tell a story of some type uh not just you know there's right you know you see like these little clips on i don't know instagram and facebook of just like randomness for like a minute and to that person it's like this was amazing but i'm like what's what's going on here like what do you i don't get it so to have some kind of arc some kind of story like what's the journey about what are you guys doing where are you where are you hiking you know give us some you know things like that some context, yeah. some maybe some background. You could put, you know, you could do that simple like putting title screens on as far as like where you right. are, putting your shots kind of right. in chronological order, or just even if you know how to work, even just kind of simple um, editing tools. You could just be like the narrator, and that's kind of fun. Just let's let's right. hear the story from your point of view. It kind of strings, kind of right. like the yeah. keeps the story going, Definitely. so to speak. So I like that one. I think what's interesting about the story kind of ties into one you already mentioned was keep the camera on for both the ups yeah. and downs of the trip. So like, for example, I never ended up making this new movie, but we did take a trip with a family and we did not time it well with the mosquitoes. And so having my daughter going through clouds of mosquitoes was like not a good idea. I mean, we brought, we brought some spray stuff kind of like as a backup, but not nearly enough. And so she didn't, I mean, right. she was old enough not to have like meltdown meltdowns, but it was tough. And so I was like, well, I need to interview her and just like, so she can capture the moment and say like, Hey, look, this is terrible, but she's going to like later on the trip, get through it and be just having an awesome time. So that when she reflects on it, she can say, look, yeah, like there were some tough times that maybe we weren't her favorite, but there were also some, some highlights as well. So do you do you struggle with that as the camera operator? If you see something going wrong, like somebody hurt themselves, somebody's 
walking into a well not hurt them like you, like if people are like falling down a cliff you're not gonna be like hey let's get that on the camera yeah, right right but like going through mosquitoes and stuff do you do you have to like balance that wire of like should i stick a camera in their face right now or not like there's a lot of discernment going in there i would imagine yeah and as a parent you know when the right time is like if they're like full-on meltdown mode right you don't want to do that but I don't know if you're with some other guys that, that that are just having a tough time. Just be like, yeah, so just tell me what's going on. What are you thinking? What's your energy level like? What are you struggling with? Are you dehydrated? Like, just kind of tell the story. And if if they don't want to tell the story, they'll, they'll you know, kick you in the shins or something and then yeah. you go away. <laughs> I think that's what keeps it interesting, though, is, is the ups and the downs. And seeing people kind of at their best and maybe not at their worst, but in a low moment. And that's that's like the, the thing, too. It's like getting it on film can be tricky, but when you do get it on film... It's really, really good because it's so vulnerable, and that vulnerability yeah. really plays well on the camera. And I think that's what's going to tell your story too. Like that's what people are going to care about when they watch. Right. If you're just like you know dancing through the woods the entire time, yeah. like this is easy. Look, I'm running up this mountain. Right. People are going to be like, yeah, great. They're going to want to see, like the, I guess the story kind of as it unfolds, the ups and the downs. Like I, I want said. some drama. You know, I want some some conflict. Yeah. You know, for sure. So. Man versus wild. Speaking of conflict, uh, if you don't bring enough batteries to recharge your cameras, that's <laughs> going to cause some drama. So uh, right. make sure you are well prepared because there's no plugs in the wild, people. So yeah, for sure. So if you want, if you're bringing like a cell phone, and you, I mean, there's mm-hmm. some obviously those like Mophie kind of battery things you can bring, or those like right. external chargers. But you can also bring. If you want to go like super high tech, bring those solar panels and stuff. Those are actually getting cheaper and cheaper. It seems like each year. So, yeah. If you're in, a, especially in a sunny spot, they so. do. They would. I mean, they usually do charge at a pretty slow rate for like a camera battery, though. Uh, but it's better than nothing for sure. Right. But I think it's always better to bring extra batteries, especially if you're going like in the cold, where you know your battery won't last as long. Maybe too. So yeah, and just and just to clarify, like if you really want to have some fun with this. You are not going ultralight. I mean, just bringing mm. any gear mm. is going to be, you know, just excess that's going to kind of tack on. So it's cool if you bring a, a larger group of guys. You can kind of divvy that up amongst them if they're um, if they're into it. But so, like, I'm not a camera person. I'm not. I don't get the best shots, and so I try to pawn it off on somebody else to get good shots. Chris Wimberly, actually, who we're going to have on next episode. He actually volunteered to be the, the new camera guy next year, which is awesome since we're losing our camera guy, Knowlton. Well, I just hope that he gets good shots. And so I kind of, I try to not micromanage, but I think there's some shots that like for me, when I, when I'm, you know, it's the dead of winter and I, and I kind of want to just get my backpacking fix. Sometimes even the simplest shots like make me be like, oh yeah. Like I just love the, even sometimes the slow moments of camp, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, setting up the tent, lighting the stove, filtering water, or just kind of loading your backpack. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, like. Like that's fun when it's like, yeah, you're starting the day or you're at the end of the day and you're about to make dinner, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So just even simple shots of just kind of around the camp chores, I think are yeah, awesome. Definitely. I think it's all good. All good stuff. So anyway, I think that'll wrap us up for today, everybody. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Uh appreciate all the support from all over the world for this awesome podcast we've been trying to get better at every every week for you guys. And uh, give us some stories. Give us your comments on Facebook as you guys have been doing. Like the page. Join the team. And uh, we appreciate everything you guys have done. And remember, guys, it is not backpacking unless there's a few blisters.
So, Carlos, uh, I got a couple shot glasses here. I thought we could have a couple shots of uh, pancake mix since you're you're big into that. So, down it. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.